You're listening to Heather Solves Everything, a show about discovering strengths and solving problems. So what are we waiting for? Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Heather Solves Everything. This is the show where I take credit for solving your problems by introducing you to smart people with good ideas. My name is Heather, and in addition to being your host, I'm a National Board Certified Health and Wellbeing Coach. It is my favorite thing in the whole wide world to help connect others with the elements of their life that will help them live in balance and self-compassion and contentment for all the days of their life. Isn't that an amazing pursuit? I get to do it every single day. And in this program, I get to interview somebody that is going to just set you on fire. Have you ever wished that you could sit down uh, with somebody who has seen all of life and lived all of the years. I know that when I think about people I've experienced in my life who I wish I could call back and have one more coffee with them, one more walk down the road with them. We're going to do that today with my guest, Eileen Green. She is a 93-year-old empowered and fearless woman who strongly believes there is no age limit to achieving your dreams, and goals. After raising three sons, she went on an unrelenting campaign to educate herself and experience life to the fullest. She earned a bachelor's degree from California State University at the age of 50 and a master's degree at 75 in spiritual psychology. She's gone on to become one of the first people to be certified in neuro-linguistic programming by Tony Robbins. She completed a two-year program in volunteer work from the University of Judaism. She's certified in interior design and a certified hypnotherapist. Her TED Talk at the age of 87 focused on how it is never too late to do anything that your heart desires, except when it is. Today, she is an active life coach, incorporating hypnotherapy and psychotherapeutic methods to help her clients make sure that they are living to their heart's potential. Her biggest message, we are all going to go, friends, some of us sooner rather than later. But while you're here, you have the opportunity to contribute to this life. What are your woulda, coulda, shouldas? No matter your age, Make your list, choose one, and do it now. Eileen, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, my dear, and you are just delightful. Oh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun today. Are you ready to solve everything? Let's get into it. I love that that is one of your messages because we recently did a program on resolving regrets in life and and thinking back on those woulda, coulda, shouldas. And to know that you also have this message is a lot of fun. <laughs> and I wonder, what do you say when somebody tells you, it's too late for me. I've lived my life. It's, I'm, I'm not going to take on anything new. What's your response? Well, if that's the way you feel about it, I feel sorry for you. Because there are usually things that you have been told that you're too old to do. And when I did my TED Talk, uh, I did it in the morning 
28 women, Beverly Hills, and a woman comes up to me at the intermission, and she says, it's too late. It's just too late. And she starts to cry. Mm. And after a long conversation with her, she was a uh, legal secretary, and she wanted to be a lawyer. But she was told it's too late. So I took her aside and we had a long conversation as long as the intermission permitted (laughs) and (laughs) convinced her she was 54, I think it was. Oh, that's nothing. Yes, of course it's nothing. So I said, how long would it take you to get your law degree? I understand you need to work. So She said, well, two years. I said, okay, so what if it takes three? And um, she said, well, I'll be so and such an agent. And I said, oh, come on, you're going to be that age anyway. So why don't you just go for it? The worst that can happen is that you'll be in the same situation. But just think of the road ahead. If you make it, and she just threw her arms around me and said, thank you, thank you, thank you. So that was just one of the many experiences I've had with people, young and old, who just give up. And part of their renewal into life has to be to take that negative attitude and turn it into positive. How do you recommend that people do that? Because there's a lot of advice, especially on social media, about thinking positively and incorporating positive psychology and looking for, you know, the silver linings and opportunities instead of problems. But that's for some people, it's really easier said than done, and they're not sure where to start. What's your advice for actually getting that done? Well, I give homework. (laughs) The point is that negativity is a poison to the body. When you say, I don't want, or I'll try, or maybe, or any of the words that put doubt in your brain, because the brain gives the message to the body. So the first thing, of course, that you do is you give gratitude for what you had and what you still have. You forgive yourself and others. You move forward by eliminating negative words. So what you're going to do is you're going to take a piece of paper. And in the center of that paper, you're going to put a big heart. And in the heart, you're going to put I am. And off of the I am, you're going to put tangents. And you're going to put positivity to replace your negative thoughts. I am 
grateful I am. Looking forward to my um, body and mind being positive. So each individual has their own I am's. And that becomes their meditation, their mantra, their everyday reorganization of their vocabulary. And that reorganization of a vocabulary reorganizes their sense of self-worth. Exactly. You see, and most people have an initial sensitizing experience, conscious or subconscious. And that's where my hypnotherapy came in. I want to hear more about this because I've always been curious about hypnotherapy. And my understanding of it is probably very surface layman. And I'm curious to know how hypnotherapy came into your life and how you use it in your coaching practice. Well, I had um, a little lack of self-esteem as a growing up because of an incident that my father in his later, I found out that he was, it was his intention to encourage me, but instead what it did, it diminished me. And I felt I was good, but never good enough. Mm, That's a very common, very, very common. So When I talk about the initial sensitizing experience, it can be, I found out in the embryo, flipped me out because it was when I was first starting to do my hypnotherapy. And this very lovely client of mine, I was bringing her back, I was bringing her back, we were rewriting, rewriting, and all of a sudden, I don't know where she is. She's going back and telling me that it's very dark and uh, she hears her mother and father arguing and her father's very mean. And I could not at that time figure out where she was. So my conclusion had to be that she was in the embryo. Mm. At that time, it was prior to Google's. (laughs) (laughs) And so I rushed to the library. And sure enough, there were cases of the embryo receiving a message. Well, that was the beginning. And so... Because it was so early on, people were not aware, but later they became aware. And that's why the mothers now pat the belly, sing to the belly. And it's making a huge difference. I played Christmas music the whole time I was pregnant with my children because it's my favorite. And I always wondered, 
whether they would love Christmas music as much as me. <laughs> and what's your answer? I think they do. <laughs> okay, you see. <laughs> well, uh, it is live and learn. Mm-hmm. And work on the I am because the difference will amaze you. Those statements are so personal. When somebody chooses an adjective or a, a word that they're using in their I am statements, sometimes what comes out of their minds and hearts can surprise them yes. when they start to really name what how they want to identify themselves. Yes. It they tell me that it's making a huge difference. And I tell them that it's a very necessary part of their well being. And that when you say try well, you can try to climb Mount Everest, you know, but when you say try, you allow for failure. So, but when you say I am, that is the message that your body is receiving. And it's, everybody has said that they pin it up, they look at it every day, they make some changes, and they do feel different. What I enjoy about that process is, is when you focus on those types of I am statements, you're going deeper than a list of things to do. You're yes. going into who you are and what type of person you are, and then you can decide at any time what you would like to do. But the first step is understanding yourself and realizing that you can change those things about yourself. I don't know whether you've ever heard the phrase, descriptions are instructions. Yes. <laughs> I think of it often, especially as a mother, when I am speaking to and about my children to just keep it in mind that the words that we use or others use to describe us are internalized and turn into beliefs of how we should behave or maybe how we should be. And I think it sounds like through the experiences that you've had, you've learned ways to undo some of those instructions and write new ones. Yes. And self-esteem is one of the issues. And whether it's conscious or subconscious, when you do the conscious I am, you are making changes in a positive direction. Doesn't necessarily happen overnight, but persistence is the name of the game. And to value yourself. So, you talk about obstacles. I have just about every Isis, Osis, and Ea in the book. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, you're very lucky. <laughs> My next TED Talk. Because 
to live with so many challenges has taught me that there is strength in our bodies. When you were in your interior design career, working while also raising three boys and living you know, a busy life, how did you find balance or did you find balance? Well, I was obviously born with a certain strength. <laughs> I was in and out of the hospital from time to time. I also had fibromyalgia. And I had, you just name the parts of my body and they all have been <laughs> touched. In fact, <laughs> my gap, my female doctor says I'm her easiest because I have no female organs. <laughs> so that's something that was also very important to my husband and myself was humor. <laughs> humor. We would argue, but we would also laugh a lot. I'm a strong believer in laughter as medicine. Yes, yes. That's what kept us together. <laughs> when you see the moms of today going through some of the same universal things that mothers have experienced throughout the decades, juggling lots of different responsibilities and trying to be everything to everybody and make sure that everybody has what they need, trying to stay connected to some sense of self and, and not lose themselves through the process of raising a family and then trying to keep up with this chaotic pace of life that we've sometimes convinced ourselves we can't opt out of. What do you want to say to them from your place at 93, having been there, done that? I want to tell them that it's not an obligation. They brought those children into this world. They are there to accommodate these children with the best that they possibly can in growing, in being a happy individual. But unfortunately, COVID comes along. Unfortunately, the cell phones are disastrous. They serve a purpose, but they're abused. Um, and I don't think the parents realize the influence that they have. They're too busy trying to live. Because it's a difficult world now. If you could wave a magic wand over life today, what would you create? And I'm always careful to use the word create rather than change. I because hear. I'm curious about what you would bring in. Well, I would teach people how to write. Okay, tell me more about that. 
one of the best therapies that you can have for yourself is to write. It's amazing how it clears the mind. It's amazing how it prepares you for what you really want. Because you're not going to write something that is foreign to you. And if only people would stop saying that they're going to try. Because that can allow for failure. So I feel that the mindset has to change. Meditation has to come into the act. Appreciation has to come into the act. Self-worth is so important. What is it that you truly want to contribute to your children and to the world? Sometimes that focus on quality over quantity can be grounding and help us to declutter all of the things that we've crammed into our life thinking that we have to do it for some reason. But when we really start thinking about the the question that you asked, what do you want to contribute? I think that's a question of quality over quantity of achievements. Totally agree. What are you the most proud of in your time? What contribution that you've made makes you feel the most satisfied? Well, it began with, you know, my children. I I feel that my husband and I raised three incredible boys. And uh, my whole family have learned how to give back. And that's important. It's important. It's satisfying to reflect back on. And it's the type of quality that continues into the future and creates a legacy that becomes part of your family's contribution over time to the world. Yes. But each individual is entitled to make that I am list and move forward in a direction that is comfortable for them. I think that might be the problem that we're solving today on Heather Solves Everything. Where to start? And I think that that piece of paper with a heart drawn in the middle, starting with those I am statements and allowing yourself to truly be free with what comes from your mind through your heart onto the pen and let it your hand write what it writes and and allow yourself to be surprised by what's there and by what comes through and believe it. And then use that as a stepping stone to what you choose to do. 
uh, I couldn't be more in more agreement. <laughs> I admire the work that you do and the contributions that you make. And I have so appreciated the opportunity to share this time with you today. And thank you so much for being part of my program and for being part of the world. Well, it goes back and forth between us. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being part of Heather Saul's Everything. I have appreciated and enjoyed our conversation immensely. Me too. Well, guys, can it get any more clear and sincere than that? Eileen's advice to us to start with our I am statements, allow them to flow from us and believe what we discover, to take those beliefs about ourselves and use them as the foundation for setting our aspirations and goals. That advice is liberating because at 93 years old, she's been there and done that. And what I love about Eileen's advice is that it's the same that we're getting today. Start from a place of gratitude. Look for ways you can make a contribution. Decide what you want your legacy in this life to be and then get after it. It doesn't have to be your whole life, but my recommendation is that it be part of every week, maybe part of every day, even for just a few moments. Live the life that you want to be living using Eileen's example as your guide, a woman who has never been afraid to go for what she wants and still has another TED Talk in her. Guys, I think we solved another problem today with a little help from our friend Eileen. Thank you so much for listening to Heather Solves Everything. I'm so glad that you're here and I hope that you will connect with me. Look for Heather Solves Everything on Instagram and Facebook and follow along to see what else is coming up next in this season. I hope that something great happens for you today. I'm Healthy Heather and I'm always here to help you solve everything. To connect with Heather and find out more about today's show, just look for Heather Solves Everything on Facebook and Instagram. With a little help from your friends, you can solve everything too.